9 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. So it is a one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. You've got something you want to get off your chest today. It can be from your daily life. Why do people still have Christmas lights up? Why? Why? I'll cut I'll cut a little bit of slack. Month of January. Okay, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you the month of January. But when we're rolling into February, really? Really, why are they still up? Why are your Christmas lights still up? There's another one coming around. Yeah, next year. We're just or, or on this, top, this right coming on top December. Of it. Yeah. And we don't have a yard light. Oh. And we want it to be a little bit more festive. Okay. I, I just I got I, I, got I just don't I just don't get it. It's like take your lights down. Now if we had day after day of like sub zero mm-hmm. temperatures, okay. Nobody wants to go out and mess with that. I totally get that. I totally appreciate that. See, I don't... But we haven't had that here. Right. I'm not a take your lights down and put them away person because if you're going to do it next year, that's ridiculous. You don't have to turn them on, though. Yeah. You leave them up. I don't care. Yeah. Just looks tacky if you leave them up. Up and down on the ladder. Maybe some people are great on ladders. But at least don't turn them on. Go up multiple times a year. I don't need to see your Christmas lights in March. I just don't. What if they're green? St. Patrick's Day. You can use the red ones for Valentine's Day. <laughs> green for St. Sure. Patrick's Day. Blue for Arbor Day, which is... I guess what, you have, like, the LEDs. Maybe you can yeah. change the color. Okay. Yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah, no. Work smarter, not harder. I just... Still. It's like, come on, man. Them quads come on, can't man. always get up and down that Christmas ladder. Christmas is over. Know? It's 2024. We're into a new year. Yeah. You can't always pay the people to come take them up and down the whole time. Dylan wants to whine about people weaving on Patterson and North Avenue all just to get to the same red light. Quit driving like tools, people. Good win by the apps. This is your birthday. I, I am on Patterson or North Avenue pretty much every day going home. And there are some times where it's like, I just cannot take the pressure of Patterson. So I'll go on North Avenue. And then there are other days where I'm like, I need to get home a little quicker, so 60 is just fine. So we'll go Patterson. We'll just, we'll just go that that's way. Kind of the de jure speed limit. <laughs> Especially I'm, between. I'm feeling 62 yeah. ish today. 28 and a quarter to 32 road. Oh, Patterson. Oh, it is a drag yeah. strip. You better have at least a V6 or you're getting left in the dust there. Or like when I, when I was driving back from Denver on Monday, it is bad. But there's always one or two guys, like the guy that did the multi-lane change that ran up on the back of the trailer mm-hmm. that we had to avoid. There's always those that think, I'm so good at winter driving, I can drive 65 miles an hour. Yeah. In blowing snow, I'm, I'm that good. And then you see them like a couple miles down the road. <laughs> They're off. Yeah. You're like, wow, Either the, in the median, of your car looks fantastic. Yeah, in the median and or on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Or upside down. Or, or, or upside down. Yeah. All right, to 9.04, and it's time to talk CSU Rams basketball with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth. Talking CSU with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth, on the Jim Davis Show. All right, joining us right now on the team phone line, Brian Roth. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Doing well. Good morning. It is a wine about a Wednesday. Anything that's on Brian Roth's mind that you need to just 
You need to get out. You need to, to, to purge it, Brian, for the rest of your day to be really good. <laughs> no, I, I don't have a lot to, to whine about. Uh, Rams back in the wind column last night. I, I, I guess I could say this. I was uh, at a youth hockey tournament with my 12-year-old son who plays competitive hockey uh, in Phoenix all weekend. I was down there in 70-degree weather. I had to fly home to minus 6. It sucked. Oh, yeah. That's my wine about it Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, my wine about was being on the front range this weekend. And it's like it's one degrees. It's zero. And over here, we're like 30s, 40s. Yeah. I, I like yeah. I prefer our weather over here, Brian. No offense to you and the fine folks in the front range. I love our weather over here. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The weather over there is much better. All, until the summer comes and you guys are sitting at 105. It's yeah. Uh, it's a dry heat, though, like Buckeye said. It's a dry <laughs> heat. It's not that bad. Here, I, I'll, I'll tell you this, though. Um, you know, I, I fly in, it's like minus, I think it's minus six when we, we flew in on Monday. And uh, I was in the economy lot, okay? So uh, <laughs> that's fun. I get out to my car and realize I, I don't have my ice and snow scraper in my car. It happens to be in my wife's car. Uh-oh. So minus six, snow all over the car with ice all over the windshield, and I have no scraper. I ran into that problem, too. We just bought a different car, and <laughs> this guy here did not check to see if we put a, that, that I put a scraper yeah. in the car. And, of course, we yeah. go to Denver, and I, have to, I, I ended up buying one. It wasn't that big of a deal, but, but still, yeah. It's like, come on. You've lived here all your life. You know you need to have a scraper in the car. I know. I know. Yeah. I said my wife's had broken, and she had taken mine at, yeah. at some point here this winter and never gave it back. So I, I was out there using a hockey stick. <laughs> <laughs> what did, did it improvise, I, man? I, I wish there was video of it because it was absolutely <laughs> comical. Using the blade, scraping it off. under my breath left and right. See, that was why, that's where technology has not helped us because remember we had CDs? We played CDs, and right. you could always use your CD case to scrape That's your windshield. Right. And now we don't have yeah. that, and so we don't have a CD case in our car as a backup window scraper. <laughs> so, so the uh, the hockey stick did it did an okay job, yeah. decent job. And some of the some of the stickier ice, right? I broke out. I didn't want to break out a credit card, but luckily I had my room key from my hotel in Phoenix, and uh-huh. I had that little room key. Just going to work on on ice on the driver's side <laughs> of my windshield. It's just sad. It was a sad thing. Oh. But I see. I, I I commend you for your ability to adapt, improvise, and overcome. I, I think I think that deserves some high praise. Not it was the a triumph for the human spirit, if I must say so myself. I would say so as well. I I, I could see some kind of wide world of sports ish moment for you, where you're 30 able. Thirty for thirty, maybe. Yeah, I'm thirty for thirty. On that, century. on that day, the Brian Roth had to use a hockey stick mm-hmm. and his room key to clean the Didn't windows. Resort to the car. skate, though. That's smart. Yeah, that's probably that was probably smart. The windshield. <laughs> that was a Did smart not. move. It was in play, though. It was in play. <laughs> you were you were considering it. It was a viable option. Warm it up in the bullpen. So. <laughs> Brian Roth joining us today, the voice of the CSU Rams. Rams getting the win against Air Force last night, seventy-eight to sixty-nine, and. Uh, Nick Clifford with a good game, 17 points. He had six rebounds last night. Joel Scott with 13 points and some some pretty balanced scoring. Uh, Joe Palmer had 11 points last night. Some some pretty good uh, scoring for Nico Medved's team last night. Balanced scoring in the Rams' victory over the Falcons. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard it over there in Grand Junction around 9:15 last night, but it was a collective sigh that was coming out of Fort Collins and Moby Arena last night. 
uh, it was very loud because I mean that's a that's a game in which Colorado State cannot lose. I mean you just can't lose at home to Air Force. Air Force came in two thirty nine in the net rankings. Um, I mean I don't think they had, they have a single win in the in the first three quadrants of the net rankings. I mean they had lost six straight. Rams were favored by fifteen and a half points and and <laughs> you know. I mean, CSU needs scrap and claws to get that thing to overtime. But in the end, they, they they find a way to get the job done. And first things first, I mean, credit Air Force. I mean, they came out and, you know, they run that Princeton style of offense. Of course, Joe Scott, their head coach, uh, and he, he went to Princeton, played at Princeton, coached at Princeton. Uh, so they run that, that Princeton offense where they just backdoor you to death. And then they run a matchup zone on the other end where it's just it's so hard to to to, to figure out and CSU just never able to figure out. And then you know Air Force hit big shot after big shot after big shot. I mean they played a great game and somehow the Rams were able to force it into overtime and and whew, yeah got the job done in overtime. But you know that would have been a a devastating loss for Colorado State, a team that's been in the in the top twenty five the last two months, to to lose at home to, to Air Force just would have been killer overall, but absolutely killer to the Rams Mountain West Conference Championship hopes because I can guarantee you this, the Mountain West Conference champion lose to Air Force on their home court this year. Yeah, seventy eight sixty nine overtime win last night to uh... Rams outscoring the Falcons 14-5 to in overtime. And, and what was the message Nico Medved had to his team heading into overtime? What, uh, what, he, what did he try to convey to his guys uh, in regard to, to getting the, you know, they got to overtime to, to get the job done against the Falcons? Well, I think everybody felt good. I mean, that game, everybody outside of Air Force, I mean, felt good that that, that thing got to overtime because, I mean, you look at it. I mean, Rams trailed by as many as 12 in this contest. And CSU was down. Um, 64-60 with under 30 seconds to go. And, of course, they were playing the foul game, and they had, each team was trading some free throws. And uh, Nick Clifford got bumped out front at 20 seconds to go, 64-60. CSU was able to get both free throws, 64-62. And then um, the Colorado State, the full-court press, and, man, just really hounded Air Force, forced the turnover. Stevens lead pass to Clifford with six seconds to go, ties the game at 64, and then Air Force misses a shot at the buzzer. And and so, you know, I mean, the Rams come over the sidelines. I, I think just, just looking up to the gods, basketball gods saying thank you, uh, you know, just a relief to get to overtime. But I think everybody felt like getting that thing to overtime was step one. But if you could take the lead early in overtime, and Nico Medved told us that after the game, just felt like if we could just, take the lead here and continue to put doubt into Air Force, who, I mean, that thing going to going to OT, I'm sure the Falcons were like, how in the world did we get to this point? How are we still playing basketball? We should have wrapped this win up by now. But if you could just take the lead, you felt that Colorado State was going to be in pretty good shape. And, and the Rams opening possession of overtime, they got an open three for Josiah Strong, top of the key. He banged it in. All of a sudden, it's 67-64. Moby Arena was going berserk. Rams get a defensive stop. They score the next time down, leads up to five. And, and, and I think Air Force knew that they were in big-time trouble at that point. You just thought, at least I did, courtside uh, calling the contest that, boy, up five in overtime, CSU finally broke through, finally. And they got over the hump, and, and, and that proved to be the case. And 
uh, Air Force never got it uh, back within five after that point. Brian Roth, voice of CSU Rams with us, uh, had the call last night on the Rams' overtime victory at home against Air Force. And you look at the conference right now, Utah State at 4-1. and one. And for the Rams uh, on the on the docket, it's, it's UNLV at uh, at Moby coming up on on um, on Friday. And then uh, you go to Nevada, and Nevada playing some pretty good basketball right now. They're currently uh, fourth in the conference. You also have uh, go to uh, go to Wyoming, and then you host San Diego State on January 30th, uh, San Diego State. Uh, they're currently second in the conference right now. So some big games uh, on the schedule up ahead. Brian, uh, some on the road, some at home, but some big contests for the Rams uh, over the next four. Well, I mean, you you look at the Mountain West Conference in general, and you say, "Where's the easy out?" I mean, wh- where is it? I mean, and to be honest with you, Jim, the easy out was last night, which was anything but easy. And uh, that's just the Mountain West Conference here this year. And listen, UNLV um, comes into town on Friday night. They're about as athletic as a team in the Mountain West Conference. And they went to Boise State last night and won at Boise, snapping the Broncos' 22-game home court win streak, which was the longest home court win streak in the entire nation. And they go in there and win. They they got robbed of a game at home against Utah State on Saturday in which uh, Utah State gets a phantom call in the closing 10 seconds of the game to dramatically and and probably win the game at UNLV. So this is a UNLV team now. Well, they haven't been in the top 25 like some of the other Mountain West Conference teams, and and they're not one of those six Mountain West teams that's in the top 50 of the net rankings. Their metrics are still decent, and they are really, really good. So Rebels coming to town here on on a, a late Friday night contest that will tip off at about 8:45, and 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 UNLV has had success not just against Colorado State in recent years, but success at Moby Arena which, again, should make Ram fans a, a bit nervous because CSU's going to have to play much better basketball on Friday night than what we saw last night. And then they go on the road to, to play Nevada and Reno. And, again, Nevada's one of those teams that's just right on the outside of the top 25. Um, they're expected to be an NCAA tournament team. Uh, they're in just about everybody's uh, NCAA bracket as of right now. And then, you know, get Wyoming. <laughs> I mean, that's... That's always a hard game. I don't care what Wyoming's record is in San Diego State. So, I mean, you're right. I mean, look, this is what it's going to be week in and week out in the Mountain West Conference. Nothing is going to be a gimme. I think last night proved that. Sure, the Rams might uh, handle some of these teams easily. Maybe the Rams might get blown out once or twice. But, look, this is just going to be an absolute meat grinder of a Mountain West Conference season. And I got to admit, I'm – I'm all for it. I'm here for it. Let's go. It just makes for a fun conference slate of college hoops. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, last night, I mean, Utah State got got beat by New Mexico. Boise State lost to, to UNLV, who you mentioned, coming in on Friday. And and the, fortunately for the Rams, are able to, to to fight and scrape and then claw and and found a way to get a win in overtime against Air Force. So it is like you said, it is there. Are, there are no um, sisters of the poor. There are no weak ones coming up for, for Colorado State or really anybody in the conference. It's, like I said, with uh, with Air Force, they've not had a, a particularly great season, but but battled last night and gave the Rams everything uh, they could handle last night before CSU got the win in overtime. Hey, Brian, I always appreciate it. Thank you so much, and uh, have a great call coming up on Friday with the Rams and UNLV. All right, thanks, Jim. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right, take care. Brian Roth, voice of the CSU Rams, a regular uh, MacGyver when he had to come up with the uh, – Oh, wait, he scraped the window off his car.
with a hockey stick. Yeah. Luckily, he had it with him. Very true. You know, who knows what happens if they haven't gotten baggage claim yet, you know, or they lose their luggage. Yeah, what yeah. What what does he do then? Because I doubt Brian has any of his old CDs in his car still. Yeah, maybe Probably just, just got to leave, leave it running. Like, we're sitting here for a little bit, son. <laughs> we're just going to have to wait a while. Yeah. All right, 916. Uh, it's Wine About a Wednesday with Dallin Wine. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to look at Robert's text. Might want to, uh, his his other text. Uh, he sent two back-to-back. Okay. Did I hear correctly during the game that the Bills planning a roof over the new stadium, perhaps over the stands, but not over the field? Excuse my previous text. I looked it up in the new stadium. will offer cover for some of the stands. It will be a shame to put another team under a dome. I get it. You want the outdoors to be a factor. But also for fans, when it's sub-zero temperatures mm-hmm. and people are getting frostbite and hypothermia, Soft. Stadiums, yes. If you're listening to Carl Mecklenburg, it's soft. Yeah. It's weak. For fans who... Definitely don't play that game on his lawn. Yeah, aren't... Aren't playing... They're not going to be out running around playing football. They're not going to have a space heater like there is on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. It's different for fans when they have to deal with those kind of conditions. As a player, you can sit there and say, well, played them before, it's no big deal. You also are running around, you have space heaters, things like that, heated benches mm-hmm. that make it, not not say that it's it's creature comforts or it's so much better for the players than it is for the fans, but they do have things that are there in their favor yeah. to help keep them warm on the sidelines, which fans don't. Like, and I, I don't know the answer, right? Yeah. I really don't. And to play devil's advocate a little bit, like it wasn't just 10 below at the stadium, you know? Like if you're out and about living life in Kansas City, it was 10 below. It doesn't, right. like, it doesn't matter if it was a football like you, game or not. You didn't right? get ambushed. You didn't show up, like you said. Yeah. And the, all of a sudden, the weather dramatically changed, and you get you, you know, get It's not caught. like the Vikings piping in noise. It's you know, The Chiefs didn't crank the AC up and have it get 10 below just because the Dolphins are coming to town. So there's a little bit of that where I'm like, you know, like this was the environs of the city they're in. The NFL can only control so much. And don't tell Roger Goodell that. He wants to control everything. But there's a little personal responsibility, too. Like, I got frostbite at the Chiefs game. Why'd you go? <laughs> then, <laughs> Like, it was 10 below. Yeah, exactly. You woke up and it said windshield, I mean, 35 that is, below. That, that is a fair thing. You made that decision. Yeah. You made the decision to go there. So there and, is and, a and little bit those, of... Yeah, and sit in those conditions. Like, the nobody made you go. You know, but that's, again, the uniquely American of, like, I feel like I am entitled to something, some sort of recuperation because I have frostbite from going to the Chiefs game. Well, who made you go? No one. I chose to go, but still cover my hospital bills, please. Like, well, no, that's not how this works. It just kind of feels that way a little bit. Like, oh, it was so cold there. Then why'd you go? Then you should have just stayed home. But you know also, where it's not 10 below your house. It, it's, it, it sucks because you buy the tickets, though. Yeah. And you you, you want to go to the game, and it's five below. And you're going to freeze your butt off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is. 
But also, I don't think Carl Mecklenburg cracking on the fact that they moved the Buffalo game. Right. Because it's not necessarily always about the players. It should be about the game, the players. But it's also, there are things like fans being able to get to the game safely. Mm -hmm. To watch it in conditions that won't potentially put them in the hospital. I don't think that's that's unreasonable. I like I said I love Carl Mecklenburg, huge Broncos fan, fan of of the Snow Goose, the Albino Rhino. But come on, man, when you're when you're a player, it's a different thing than people sitting in the stands. Yeah, it's an, it's an entirely different deal. All right, nine twenty one. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Four down territory. This day in sports history on the way next. It is one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Get your uh, wine in today to win a bottle of Talon wine. Well, why don't you cry about it? At 970-242-1340. The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. Say what? On Colorado sports leader, the team. All right, 924, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Tonight on the team, it's college basketball, USC, Arizona, pregame at 745 with Westwood One on the team sports network. All right, time to dive into four down territory. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, we will start with first down. Tom Brady will, of course, make his debut, we think in a Fox booth mm-hmm. this upcoming season. Maybe eventually. Maybe at some point. Could his old head coach, Bill Belichick, join him in the uh, the dark arts in the broadcasting world? Belichick interviewed with the Falcons, apparently. There's, there's still, obviously, Belichick has interest in, in still coaching the league, but there's been the possibility that maybe he'll decide to go to TV. Fred Toucher of Toucher and Hardy Chicago, right? Uh, be Boston. Oh, yeah, close enough. W-E-E-I, I believe. That Toucher doesn't think that Belichick will be very good. No, I, I think he'd be absolutely terrible, but someone would pay him. Being good at broadcasting has nothing to do with why they hire people for the broadcast. It really doesn't. Tom Brady's going to be atrocious at broadcasting. He's making more money than I'll ever see in my entire life. He'll make more money in a year than I'll see my entire lifetime, including any money I make on investments. Brady has admitted it's something he's going to have to work at, that it doesn't come naturally to him. Yeah. Also, if you watched him at Michigan, playing quarterback didn't really come naturally to him, and he turned out all right there. He turned out okay. And this is just strikes me as just blatant, flat-out jealousy on Toucher's part because... Because he's mentioned all the money right. that Brady's like, going to make. Look at all this money he's going to make, and he's not even very good. Well... Unless you're 30 or 40 different guys, you're not going to make money doing this anyway. Exactly. Not a whole lot of money. Uh, Toucher's making way more money than me, and he's not very good, and he's not going to, no matter what investments I have, he's still going to make money. So, I mean, that's jealousy. And if you just, if you punch up at with that particular complaint, it's jealousy. There's not a whole lot of analysis there. It's if you go, Bill Belichick's not going to be great because he just doesn't. Because you can't always talk Navy football and lacrosse, which is the only thing Bill Belichick seems to get excited about, or like Bronco Nagurski. 
then then you know what? Maybe I'll listen to you. But oh, they're not going to be very good, and they've already made a lot of money. But that doesn't. So, are they overpaying for Brady? Yes, they are. Yeah, they're overpaying for Brady. They overpay for all of them. But yeah, that that's that's the standard. Is this way your first day? That's they all. Everybody gets overpaid. Think Tony Romo deserves to make what he's making? Last couple of years, probably mm-hmm. not. It's, it hasn't been that right. great. All right, doing doing seven. sports broadcasting is a great scam. Shut up. You're gonna ruin it for all of us. Gonna ruin it for the rest of us. All right, Taylor Swift has now created this thing of every team needs a celebrity fan. Apparently, I mean she has a personal connection with Travis Kelsey, obviously mm-hmm. to being a Chiefs fan, but. But now you had what Brian Cranston that was uh, repping the Rams at the Lions game. So Jared Goff, Rams, or excuse me, flashing back, Lions quarterback, yeah. one time Rams quarterback, was uh, asked about if they if a celebrity about a celebrity fan. Goff uh, said there were. Goff said he felt one celebrity fan was missing for the Lions. Do you know who that is? Detroit fan that he's Tim Allen no Bob Seger no right you're on the right track though with Bob Seger Kid Rock Kid Rock he's not missing he's not there which is good Goff hopes that Rock will make it out to Ford Field for Sunday's divisional game with the Buccaneers I think the only guy I don't know if I'd seen him at a game yet would be Kid Rock that'd be pretty fun I think the crowd would enjoy that so apparently in Jared Goff's mind, Eminem's Kid, not enough. Kid Rock is like the biggest celebrity Lions fan. Yeah, exactly. What about Eminem? Who, you know, was actually there last weekend, who still lives around Detroit. <laughs> not like Kid Rock, who, you know, is next to Husky Vince Neal in Tennessee. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, he's the one that's missing from the celebrity fan contest. What about Chad Smith? Yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer. Chad Smith is a diehard. Yeah, what about not Will He was Ferrell? actually, I'd say he was, he was at the game. Yeah, yeah. That's apparently not enough. If he I'm was at M- the game. Eminem, now I boycott. Like, you know what? I'm done. What about famous actor and comedian Sam Richardson? Who? Well, yeah, that Who? one. Who? Professional gamer ninja Richard Blevins. Who? Yes. Who? And that's pretty much it. Eminem was there. Yeah. Is that not enough? Come on, come on, I mean, that's Jared a pretty Goff. damn big name in music. Come on, Jared Goff. Like, there's maybe one person that could rival Taylor Swift, and she's married to Jay-Z, and I don't know where her football allegiance <laughs> lies. Maybe it's right. the Texans, since she's from Texas. Maybe. Maybe it's the Cowboys. Maybe. Knows, but only one of those teams is still there. Third down, uh... There's confusion. There's a little bit of uh, NFL reporter on reporter crime. Oh, we always love this. Alex Van Pelt, TC McCartney, not officially fired yet, according to oh. the Interrap report. Josina Anderson reported, and uh, Interrap report did well. He did. It. He was a good boy because Josina Anderson said breaking. I'm told Browns head coach. Kevin Stefanski told these three assistants, Van Pelt, Stump Mitchell, T.C. McCartney, that they were fired. Ian Rappaport says the Browns are going through role evaluation. Stump Mitchell has been fired, as Josina Anderson reported. Coach T.C. McCartney will not be retained. Alex Van Pelt remains under contract. So it was a nice way of saying you got these two right and this one wrong. But very, 
very nice. But a, but a good way of... But still telling her that she's wrong on Twitter. Exactly. T.C. McCartney, by the way, the grandson of Buffs coach Bill McCartney. Oh. Yeah. I, I, they named a high school after him and remember the Titans, <laughs> too. From Just kidding. That's a little, My timeline's a little mixed up. I watched a whole lot of multiverse the last two. And uh, speaking of Detroit and the playoff games that they're going to play there, this was the question and answer. And you can see... You can hear, you can feel the train wreck coming down the tracks with this question because it takes 24 seconds. Coach, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures it's going to drop to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. I don't. <laughs> um, no, nothing planned. We'll take our guys outside here in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how they'll get acclimated to what it's going to be like at Ford Field. Again, Todd Bowles. <laughs> Going with the little velvet glove, iron fist, little, no, you know we're playing. But he tries, he's like, no, you know what? Nope, we don't have to take any special. No, we're good. Because we're playing indoors, lady. He had the hammer (laughs) in his hand, and you could hear it, right? I don't don't, don't, know. Yeah, he's like, "Ah, you know what? There's no way I'm going to look good if I continue on. No, we don't don't have to do that. I will be kind, and I will be gracious. To this individual that yeah. does not realize that Ford Field Poor lady, though. is a dome. 25 seconds of Todd Bowles just standing there knowing, like, this is a stupid uh, question. Is it, uh, do you not know anything out. about the yep. team that we're playing? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there Trains coming down the tracks. There's no bridge. <laughs> nope. Yep. All right. It's Ford and territory. That was fun. All right. In 33. Good job by Todd Bowles, though. That was very well done. Because he could have been. Yeah. He could have really, like, what? You idiot. Because this. Do you not know anything about. We play indoors, right? They got a dome. It's different from this. He's like. I don't. Oh. No. Nothing planned. (laughs) You can even hear in his tone. He's like. Like, whoa, this is a stupid question. How do you. It's like, how do you not know that? You imagine if somebody asked Sean Payton that. Oh, he would have ripped him. Oh, absolutely. They're like, what's wrong with you, you idiot? Now, there's some do you not, of it, Do you not realize that they play in a dome? Yeah. A little bit of that is warranted because if you're going to cover the NFL and you're going to ask questions of a head coach, you should probably have a pretty decent understanding of where they're playing. But also, as we get closer to the Super Bowl, we get less and less high-percentage football yeah. reporters. You get uh, very fringe because if they're still playing in three weeks, there's going to be people that are inside the actual dome asking them about the <laughs> Las Vegas weather. You know, it's like 118 degrees in July. Well, one, doesn't matter because it's February. It's Two, February, we're dude. inside, so it's 71 degrees no matter what. It's climate controlled. Yeah. So, oh. good practice for Todd Bowles if they make yep. it to the <laughs> Getting ready for some of the idiotic yeah. questions he could be fielding in a couple of weeks. All right, it's time for... That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. 
1961, the Cincinnati Royals 22-year-old rookie sensation Oscar Robertson becomes the youngest player to receive the NBA All-Star MVP award. Had 23 points, 14 assists, and a 153-131 victory for the West at Syracuse, New York. 1971, the first Super Bowl under the NFL-AFL merger ends with Baltimore rookie Jim O'Brien kicking a 32-yard field goal for a 16-13 win over the Cowboys. Also on this day, 1988, the Denver Broncos beat the Cleveland Browns for the second straight year in the AFC Championship game. Defensive back Jeremiah Castillo strips running back Ernest Biner at the Denver 3 with 65 seconds left in the game to preserve a 38-33 victory. And I think I might have soiled myself at that moment when I saw the ball come out. I did too. For (laughs) For entirely different different reasons. reasons. I was polluting my britches with joy. You were, you were, you were out of diapers at that point in time. Yeah, it was like five or six. Yeah, so. Still in the age, though, where I could poop my pants. So Not uh, over football specifically, just in general. So the fumble yeah. back in 1988. Also 1995, the, the Rams announced they're leaving Southern California after 49 years and moving to St. Louis, which just a few years ago, age. they went back to L.A. Like, hey, you know what? As it turns out, L.A. weather much better than St. Louis weather, even though we're inside. Also, I, I hate to bring this up. 96, Detroit Steve Eiserman becomes the 22nd player in NHL history to score 500 goals. Red Wings beat the Avalanche 3-2. And how have the fortunes of those two franchises gone in dramatically different directions the last yeah. decade? All right, 937. The only reason people go watch the Red Wings <laughs> is because you get pizza. <laughs> pizza, pizza. All right, uh, 937, we'll take a break. We'll come back, some garbage time on the way. Still time to get your wine in to win a bottle of Talon wine. It's Wine About a Wednesday with Talon wine. Well, why don't you cry about it? Text or call 970-242-1340. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado sports leader, the team. Welcome back, Jim, along with the Buckeye Boy. It's Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine on tomorrow's program. Hopefully, uh, Mark Johnson will join us. Unfortunately, Mark couldn't join us last week because of the, the game at Cal, but uh, hopefully we'll have him with us on tomorrow's program. Also, our team's team of the week as well, which I believe I left that in your hands. Are you? Did you pick a team's team of the week, by the way? Uh, I don't remember that particular and i have not yet but i will we'll work on oh, that we will show. we will we will talk about it I have, a, I have a couple of good pretty decent uh, i'm looking for your ideas yeah. your suggestions i have, a, I have a triumvirate if you will of possible okay very good so um we'll have that on tomorrow's program along with uh, the pile's favorite game on a thursday which is <laughs> chance to win a case of new belgian beer from high country beverage all right, so still time to, to win a bottle of Talon wine today on the team line, 970-242-1340. Just uh, hitting on some of the, like I said, a very busy Tuesday of high school basketball. Mm-hmm. We had a lot going on yesterday uh, with full court coverage, also the Highway 50 game of the week. Just to kind of go through uh, some of the, the games from yesterday. Uh, both Fruit of Monument basketball teams were at Palisade last night. 
The uh, Fruita Monument girls picking up the 60-41 to 41 victory. Uh, Olivia Campbell had 30 points. Addison Ayer had 17 points after the game. Jeff Johnson says you know, it's tough to cover those players, one of them, let alone trying to slow down two really talented scores. She's kind of been in a shooting funk. Some shots didn't drop earlier in the season, and it kind of felt like that in the first half, but then she got it on a roll, and I, I think she probably hit four in a row at, at the three-point line. Who are you going to take away? It's hard to take away two players, um, and they're both capable of putting up 20, 30 points in a game. So the Wildcats are now 10-2. and two. Palisade drops to 10-5. and five. And for Central, they beat Battle Mountain 54-25. to 25. Uh, Christina Manzanera's She'd already reached the 1,000-point mark, but she uh, surpassed that, uh, uh, added to that total with her 18 points in the central win. Grand Junction lost to Eagle Valley 55-38 to to slip to 4-8. and eight. Uh, Maggie Legg scored 15 points in Montrose's 49-21 to home win over Glenwood Springs. Delta picked up a 61-10 to win at Rifle to move to 3-0 and in the uh, 4A Western Slope League. Now, as far as the Fruit of Monument boys basketball team, they're now 14-0. and It was not easy last night at Palisade with uh, the Wildcats being the Bulldogs 47-40. to And after the game, Coach Michael Wells says the Knights, when they don't shoot well, they need to emphasize the defensive end. Defense shouldn't take a night off, and that's why we've tried to change the way we play this year. That's why we've made it a point of emphasis. I knew we were talented offensively, but we had to make a commitment on that end of the court. And, you know, that's probably a game we don't win last year. But, you know, like I said, the guys gutted it out. You know, hopefully we got it out of our system. Max Orchard had 15 points to lead the Cats. Jet Wells had 14. Another game central beat uh, Battle Mountain 71-37 to behind 15 points from Cam Redding. Montrose fell to Glenwood 57-44. The Red Ox, Caleb Ferguson scoring 22 points. We also have the Grand Junction boys. Uh, they were victorious last night by two uh, as they were able to, to get the win over Eagle Valley last night. The Delta boys, they lost two rifle last night in Western Slope League play. So a quick uh, rundown through some of the, the high school basketball action from last night here on the team and also on our Highway 50 game of the week with Montrose and Glenwood. Uh, let's get one from Dan this morning. Here's my wine for today. Are you kidding me? Driver in front of you that slows down, puts their brakes on, starts their turn, and then put on the blinker? Why bother? I already know that you're going to do something stupid. Thank you, Dan. Let's see. Did you guys see that MLB.com predicts the Rockies to win the World Series in 2033? Just wondering what you thought thought is on that. We mentioned that the other day. Yeah, it's it's not a serious prediction though. That's the thing. It's like, you know, this they say this might be the most bold prediction on this board, but hey, it's gotta be the Rockies time at some point, which it's not. But also, like this wasn't really serious. It was, hey, it'll be their fortieth birthday and maybe they might win over the Angels. <laughs> what about that? It's not gonna happen. So you saw it, but it's kind of one of those things. Again, not serious like they didn't sit there and crunch and be like oh man look at these guys 10 years from now this will be so yeah it's not gonna happen no no it was hey like you said 40th anniversary Mm -hmm. who's to say that maybe they wouldn't yeah no it was not there are uh, that say hey all these guys are gonna you know nolan jones and mm -hmm. and everybody's going to and britain doyle and tovar that they're all by the time 2033 rolls around they're they're gonna be yeah ready to go and they have a couple on here that are just as ridiculous like Mets beating the Yankees in 2026 or the Mariners over the Diamondbacks in 2028 Cubs Red Sox in 31 
They have the Orioles making it to the World Series four times over the next 10 years, three times, which not ridiculous the way it's trending. I just, with the Orioles, you feel at some point they're going to step on a rake. And they have the Yankees beating the Cubs in 2032, which not, not going to happen. And just looking around, I mean, the, the most recent thing the Rockies have done, they signed Dakota Hudson and veteran catcher Jacob Stallings, this is a few days ago, to one-year minor league deals. So they put uh, Brian Servin. I've already forgotten yeah. his name. Brian Servin was placed on waivers. He got claimed by the Cubs. Alan Trejo got outrighted to Albuquerque. So they can have room for these guys. Be gone. Hudson had Tommy John surgery, missed almost all of 2021. Uh, was not particularly great this last season. 4.980 RA. Uh, got demoted to AAA, where he made 11 starts there. Hudson was a first-round selection by St. Louis in 2016. And for his first three seasons, wasn't bad. 23 and 10. ERA of 3.18. Made 40 starts. Stallings is 34. He was non-tendered by the Marlins. Seventh-round pick in the 2012 draft by Pittsburgh. Played for them in 2016 when he made his Major League debut. Became the Pirates' regular backup catcher in 2019. Then became the Pirates' starter. Won a gold glove in 2021. Ran a 995 fielding percentage with no pass balls. Then he got traded to Miami in exchange for three players. And uh, hit 210. Not that you expect your catcher to always go out and hit like 320 or 350, but yikes. Isn't that better than what the Rockies have had a lot, though? 210? That seems like it's better. Yeah. I mean, Diaz was 267. But it feels a couple of years ago, 210 would have been nice. Diaz, yeah, yeah, 228, Servin, 203. Yeah, the, that was the 210 would have been. So, yeah. Well, that guy's swinging it. Yeah, he's crushing. He's raking. Sign him uh, up. But yeah, those are uh, your. The most recent, you know, outside of some international players, mm-hmm. some Dominican players that got signed that are definitely in the project category. Yeah. So. Don yeah. Nunez hit 189 in 21. So. One time, uh, Grand Junction Rocky. Mm-hmm. Dom Nunez. All right, time to open up the lid and hop in. It's garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. got something you want to uh, lead off with uh yeah inside the nfl coming to late stages of their career they're starting to bounce around like a joe flacco type quarterback <laughs> they're now heading from the cw to netflix okay oh no they're staying with the cw they're added to netflix they're going to the be on next there. day so Okay. Because I think you can probably hang in there long enough mm-hmm. for, oh, I, I can't wait to watch it. I get like, enough Ryan Clark it? on the get-ups and NFL Live and NFL yeah. this, that, and the other. And I can't remember the last time I watched Inside the NFL. I could, they were still on Showtime <laughs> the last time I watched Because it used them, to be so. huge. It was huge. It was the show during the week. Now it's not. Now You've got NFL now Network. It's a show during the it's, yeah, it's a show that covers football, mm-hmm. covers the NFL. All right. Cameo, where pseudo-celebrities go to make some coin. 
they can now say that part of the cameo stable is Connor Stallions, the former Michigan staffer. 75 bucks to get Connor Stallions to wish Grandpa Joe or your buddy a happy birthday. Jim, Mike, the other Mike. So for those that are Michigan fans, would they welcome a cameo from Connor Stallions? Does he know how to point the camera towards himself? <laughs> That's the question. We know he's not, adept. Not, yeah. like not Connor, out towards the field. Connor, turn the camera around. No, Connor, it's about you. It's pointing at your bathroom door. Don't oh, need to I'm see sorry. That. I'm just so out of practice. So used to filming yeah. what's going on the field. Not myself. He wishes you a happy birthday from inside Ohio Stadium. <laughs> well, one says I think it would actually be a good gimmick for Connor Stallions. Okay, so it's 75 for a custom message. It's 70 just, I guess, for what? Him just to say hi? I, I guess. I'm not sure. If I'm going to pay 70, I'm going to pay 75 for at least make him say my name. Exactly. But that would be a good gimmick for him is to have a list of these, go to like an Iowa-Michigan State game, and just cut 30 or 40 of them. <laughs> you know? That would be hilarious and self-aware, and I would approve. <laughs> that, would, that would be great. Be like, hey, Connor, my favorite football game this week. Happy birthday to Mike. Have a good one. Now, back to the game. And then flip the camera around real quick, then cut it off. All right. I, I, okay, I got to whine about it here in garbage time. Okay. I've warmed somewhat to Dan Orlovsky. He's okay. He's, Once he's, you embrace what a nerd he is. He's the prime example of journeyman backup guy that's found his found mm -hmm. his niche and that's in broadcasting but the dan's cooking thing where they ask him about food i don't care he likes boiled chicken breast so yeah why, so ask why him, are we asking him about yeah they, they showed him like a steak and what kind of what kind of cut is this and after he goes through his dan's cooking factual He's film breakdown i just find it to be i don't care I don't care what Dan Orlovsky likes food-wise. Mm -hmm. Does not matter to me. This guy who won't, what, not can't or doesn't, just won't put pepper on his boiled chicken breast. <laughs> like, come on. What yeah. are we doing here? Like, we're just wasting our palate. Yeah, no kidding. I wonder Marcus Spears <laughs> gets irritated with him. You know, that guy loves some good food. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Also, uh, Troy Aikman reacting to the Jimmy Johnson Cowboys rant, saying, as upset as I've seen him since I played for him, that intensity that we saw as players when he was our coach, that's what America saw on the halftime talk to the team, and he meant it because he had a, a little halftime rant that he went on when the Cowboys got beat by the Packers. It was a pretty solid rant. I thought he was... Like, you're, you're an, an older guy with probably an unwell heart. You should chill out a little bit, Jimmy. You, know, you think with, 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 with Jimmy that, yeah, he's, he's older, it's more yeah. mellow. With Jimmy, no. all that's left now, though, is to outlive Jerry. That's it. <laughs> that, that is it. That's all they got that's left. Like, spend some time on my boat yeah. and make sure that that guy dies before I it do. It is a two-man race, <laughs> and you don't want to win it. I'm liking Jerry's. I like. I'm liking Jimmy's chances over Jerry, though. Oh yeah. I really. I really am. I'm liking his chances mm -hmm. of ending up winning that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. 
pretty solid rant there by. So apparently Jimmy. Strahan thought he was joking. He thought Jimmy was kind of joking. And then Aikman said, I could tell you there was no joking about it. He was serious. Not until the red face came. He oh, was man. embarrassed, I think, by the performance up to that point in that ballgame as any one of those coaches would have been. And Strahan mocked getting into a three-point stance to go to war for Johnson. And the former coach then again said, it's embarrassing. Yes. Oh, well, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was. I wa- I watched a large portion of that game. My wife's Cowboys fan. She'll tell you that was embarrassing. She's still a Cowboys fan? We'll She's find still, out. And we'll, we'll find out we'll next find season. Out, find out going forward. I, I, she, at one she point, could be I'm inter- like... She could be entertaining uh, new potential favorite yeah. teams. She went into the garage to look for something, and they threw a pick six, and I turned the game off, and she came back, and I'm like, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. You don't want to see what just happened. All right, that's our show for today. Coming up next, Jim Rome, 4 o'clock today. You'll have uh, Rich Eisen, of course, 1 o'clock. Before that, you'll have Dan Patrick. And then tonight, USC-Arizona at 745. College basketball on the team. Enjoy the rest of your day.